Greater Santon and beyond. Get ready for the Santon Times Hour with your host, Alexander. Yes, yes, yes. It's the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM and as always, available as a podcast on Apple, Google and Spotify. They call me Alexander Leipner and they call this edition 94, week 48 of November 2022. You can get in touch. You can email editor at santantimes.ca.today or you can uh, connect on social media at Santantimes or visit the website www.santantimes.co.today and send through your questions, your comments, your feedback. Don't forget you're part of this conversation and you're part of the Santantimes Hour Nation if you regularly listen to this show. Thank you for making the time to listen wherever you are in South Africa, in Gauteng, Johannesburg, Pretoria, or somewhere in the world. I'm happy to report that all is well in Santon land. And Vincenzo, you're behind the mic again, or behind the desk. I'm behind the mic, you're behind the desk. You're keeping an eye on the World Cup. Good stuff. Who's playing this week? Okay, we're going to have to check. I'm going to pull up that schedule and have a look. If you're listening live on Mix 93.8 FM every week, well, you can... uh, WhatsApp us on the WhatsApp line. <laughs> my, my, did that light up last week? Let me tell you, but it's good to hear from you. And uh, it's always great to get your feedback and your input and your thoughts and to see that you're engaging with the content. If you agree with it, if you disagree with it, either which way, it's good to hear that you're out there and it's good to see that you are listening in. Another busy week for so many reasons. Uh, but uh, yeah, what do we get up to? Uh, Eclipse Restaurant at Hotel Sky here in Santon. In the heart of Santon, well, they launched a new menu with uh, Chef Ken Puduhudu. I think that's how it's pronounced. Puduhudu? It's fantastic. What a wonderful menu. And uh, I believe the first, two, the first two weeks are booked out. You can't even get a, a table. So give it a shot now. I don't know. Maybe you can book for December. But a really, really great menu. Some fantastic entertainment that they had lined up. They had... Uh, a couple that was singing and uh, there was a lot going on, but it was really a lovely evening. And Chef Ken, let me tell you, what a talented man. And uh, I can't wait to see how that uh, evolves over the next couple of weeks and well into 2023. Then Jason Goliath is in Santon finally with Dalla What You Must. Uh, he performed uh, this week and uh, we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. So you're probably well aware. If you haven't got your tickets yet, you can still get them. And uh, I think he's on still for a little bit. And then uh, I also emceed uh, a full-day conference this week. My last MC job for the year. I think that's it now. Uh, and then it's uh, back again in 2023. Bookings are open. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, yeah, the 16th edition of the Banking, Financial Services, and Insurance Innovation and Technology Summit in Johannesburg. It was very interesting. It was uh, a busy day. It's been a busy week, let me tell you. MBA studies, so much going on. Uh, Saturn Times wrapping up stuff. The year is almost over. Can you believe it? Well, coming up on this week's episode, he's written a very interesting book about one of South Africa's most legendary political leaders and the genesis of our constitution. We've got him on the show shortly. Then I was down in Durban uh, a few weeks ago and I thought, well, let me share some of my travel notes from that trip ahead of the December break. Maybe you get a little bit of inspiration. Next, I've been chatting to leaders in the travel industry. And uh, next up in our series of getaways, I speak to another cruise line that is making waves on our shores. See what I did there. And finally, they are one fabulous singing family looking to represent Africa and Italy, but they need a little help to get there. All this and more coming up. Your headlines for the week are coming up shortly too. And uh, it's the end of the year. 
Let's get this all going. Follow the Santon Times on social media. At Santon Times. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM or on a podcast, however you enjoy it. And that was Route 94 with My Love featuring Jess Glynn. Such a great track. It's time to take a look at your headlines for this week. Well, the World Cup kicked off in Qatar. Uh, well, pretty good opening ceremony, but then again, uh, might be a little bit biased. I was at the uh, 2010 opening ceremony. Such a lucky incident that, let me tell you. Ended up at the opening ceremony here in Johannesburg. And, uh, well, you know, there has to be a little bit of bias, right? I mean, if you've been to that. But uh, Qatar called on Morgan Freeman, M- Morgan Freeman, to... Uh, pull out his magic, and uh, I must say, the, the man's got a voice. He's got a commanding voice and a commanding presence as well. The lip sync was a bit off. I don't know if you saw that. But otherwise, uh, I think he added a little something to the to the whole opening thing. Then they featured the songs we played last week. Is that coincidence? Vincenzo, do you think they were listening? Because I told you, we've got a big audience in Qatar. Do you think they listened to the show last week and they went, hey, those are good tracks. So we're going to go with those. Anyway. I was quite chuffed. And there were two South African World Cup tracks in there. Did you hear that as well? I mean, talk about the best World Cup ever. I think we must have done a great job because they keep using our songs over and over again. Then uh, Korean pop sensation Jungkook. Is it Jungkook? Is that how it's pronounced? He performed. Um, and that, that was there was a lot of hype around that. I think he's the first uh, Korean Asian artist to have a song on uh, a FIFA soundtrack. I don't know, need to double check that. And then, yeah, shame. To, to finish off uh, what I think was a fairly good start to the whole thing, uh, Qatar played Ecuador and they lost 2 0. But I suppose first World Cup, first major tournament, it's tough. Yeah, not easy. But let's see what the rest of the week uh, brings. Then, you know, here we go. This was a story and a half. I think this got uh, the thesauruses flying in newsrooms. An Israeli gang boss slash kingpin slash fugitive slash most wanted man ever was arrested in Brighton. Did you see that story? Social media erupted as the story broke this week. And in short, uh, an Israeli gang leader and uh, his men were arrested during an early morning takedown operation conducted by Interpol and various units of the SAPS. The gang was found with 12 firearms, including five assault rifles, seven pistols, $40,000 cash, as well as stolen motorbikes. And uh, yeah, they're wanted on a list of charges. And uh, and that's how the reports go. I mean, there's tons of stories. And you just type this in the internet. I mean, it just it just goes bananas. So this is a very interesting story to think like you might be living right next door to somebody who is one of the most wanted people somewhere in the world. I mean, this must have been quite uh, fascinating for the neighbors. But uh, never a dull moment in Santon. Let me tell you, never a dull moment. Then there's no end in sight for load shedding. Uh, I mean, what are we doing? Stage four? Then they told us until further notice. So, you know, we, we used to be able like, okay, it's a week, it's two weeks. Now it's just like, well, that's how it is until further notice. We'll let you know. Don't call us, we'll call you. Uh, and now what? Are we moving up to stage five this week, Vincenzo? Stage five for now? And then who knows where we go from there. Every day is like a surprise party, right? But uh, instead of us blowing out the candles, we're trying to keep them on. So we can actually see what we're doing. Do we still have time for one more? Okay, one more. Shame. Yeah, well, this is not a great story. Well, popular musician DJ Somebody has died. 
Uh, Times Live reports police uh, received a complaint about a shooting incident at the corner of Woodmead Drive and Woodland Drive in Santon just after midnight on Sunday past weekend. And then Gauteng police are now searching for suspects and investigating circumstances that led to the shooting in which two people, one of them uh, the popular DJ, passed away and uh, another uh, was seriously injured. Uh, anyone with information that can help in the investigation or assist in the apprehension of uh, the suspects, do call the Crime Stop number on uh, 0800-1011 or report this to the nearest police station. But uh, yeah, sad news there. DJ somebody has passed on. Let's leave it right there with the headlines for this week. Uh, time to delve into our history with Andre Urndal, who's an honorary professor in history and heritage studies at the University of the Western Cape and author of Dear Comrade President Oliver Tambo and the Foundations of South Africa's Constitution, right after the break. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. Follow the Santon Times on social media. At Santon Times. All right, as we kick off the show, a bit of an unusual topic that we normally don't always discuss. But as you might know, I'm a nut for history. I enjoy history uh, in all shapes and forms. And uh, it's always fascinating to delve into international history around the world, but also our very own history in our own backyard. And my first interview uh, for this hour this week is a very fascinating one because it really does take us to our own backyard. And I'm going to start off by actually reading you the first two paragraphs of uh, a summary of the next book that we're going to be discussing. And it starts off with, in his annual presidential address on 8 January 1986, ANC President Oliver Tambo called on South Africans to make apartheid ungovernable through militant action. But unknown to the world, the quiet-spoken mathematics teacher and aspirant priest turned reluctant revolutionary had also on that day set up a secret think tank in Lusaka, which he named the Constitution Committee, giving it an ad hoc unique exercise that had no precedent in history of the movement. Knowing that all wars end at a negotiating table and judging the balance of forces to be moving in favor of the liberation movement, he wanted the ANC to be prepared and to be holding the initiative after the political collapse of apartheid. Guided by a brilliant analysis by Paolo Jordan, Tumbo instructed his new think tank to prepare a constitutional framework for a liberated, non-racial, democratic South Africa. Their task was to formulate the principles and draft the outlines of a constitution that could unite South Africa when the time came to talk in the fledgling days of freedom and democracy. The seven-member team, including Albi Sachs, Kada Asmal, and Zola Squiya, started deliberating and reporting to Tambo. In correspondence, they typically addressed him as Dear Comrade President. And that's the name of the book that we're going to be talking about. Dear Comrade President Oliver Tambo and the Foundations of South Africa's Constitution. And here to talk about this is the author himself, Andre Urdendahl. And Andre, thank you so much for making time to be on the Santon Times Hour. This must have been a fascinating book to put together. Thanks very much. It's lovely to be talking to someone who enjoys history. And I think this is really a history that we have to know about because there's so much discussion these days on the constitution and its ills or otherwise. When we do that, let's by all means have a discussion. But when we have it, 
uh, let us know how the constitution came into being. You know, we often start, for instance, at February the 2nd, 1990, when F.W. de Klerk unbanned organizations and a new period of legality started. But I argue that the constitution was shaped in three phases. And the first one happened between 1985 and 1989, December, effectively February 1990, when uh, Tambo set up this constitution committee in Lusaka. And as you read there, uh, he said to them that there was no precedent in the history of the movement for what he was doing. So effectively, he was judging that in the turmoil of the mid-80s, the liberation movement the balance of forces was moving in their direction. And he said all wars end at the negotiating table. And on the same day that he made his broadcast every year on the 8th January birthday of the ANC, he said, let us be prepared when the time comes to negotiate. It's going to be a crucial strategic and tactical decision. And the moment has to be chosen absolutely correctly. But let us start planning now already. And it, it's a remarkable story, which I'll try and give you in, in the two minutes or three minutes that we can. But for instance, it's often claimed the ANC turned to constitutionalism because the Soviet Union collapsed and forced them to. Already by October 1986, the Constitution Committee had come up with these constitutional guidelines in a document they called the Foundations of Government. And in it was a clear plan for a multi-party democracy with a Bill of Rights and individual rights for all South Africans as the basis of a future constitution. That was accepted by the NEC in principle in a meeting on in 2 October 86. That was a full 36 months before the collapse of the wall. It was even one month before Tambo and Beki met Gorbachev for the first time in Moscow. So I've tried to uh, carbon date almost the developments from that historic 8 January decision. And it's a wonderful story. Well, I mean, we're always told that the South African constitution is one of the most progressive, if not one of the leading constitutions uh, in the world. And having done this for the first time, I suppose, back then, this is quite a remarkable feat. And, and there's a reason for what happened. You know, in 1983, the tricameral parliament attempt by the government to be the reform initiative absolutely collapsed, was rejected. And there was suddenly a whole rush of seeking alternative solutions by every party and interest group and, and think tank. And that is what... Paula Jordan was asked to analyze these attempts for a report to the NEC in Lusaka. And he said there are three things that they all have in common. The first is that they want to deflect the project of the liberation movement, uh, even by supporting, in some cases, limited uh, one person, one vote. The second point, and very importantly, all of them support group rights. So from the um, the predecessor of today's DA uh, to the Verlichters who believe that change could only come through the National Party, to the so-called Urberlichters or overexposed African intellectuals who also saw forces outside, to the KwaZulu-Natal in Daba, to the Brentus think tanks and so on, there was always 
a form of group rights that they propose, federalism, consociationalism, and all sorts of group rights. And that, if we look back at it now, would have been a reproduction of the us and them kind of basic notion uh, that underlined apartheid. And Paolo Jordan said, that is why we must come up with a niche position of a united South Africa and one, and if every South African had the vote, given these reluctance, it would be a revolutionary step forward. So let us propose that ultimate freedom for every individual and absolutely reject any constitution based on group rights because it would be a reproducing ruling class privilege, basically. Andre, having had the insight into, into the formation of the constitution and, and how it was put together and the the blood, sweat, and tears that went to getting there, not just writing the document, but all the other things that happened around it. Do you feel that the Constitution still has a the respect or the status or the or the status it should have? Unfortunately, we you know it's uh, to undo the three hundred and fifty years of of um, colonialism and and apartheid of inequality systemically and dispossession is um, more difficult than what we ever imagined, I think, even the drafters of these ideas. But to blame the constitution for the failures of where we are now is, is simply not <laughs> the right thing, in my opinion. It just stands on its own. It is a bread and freedom uh, constitution as well. In other words, they said it's not just about rights. It also has to be about transforming this very... Uh, sick society that we have at the end of apartheid. We all need to look at ourselves, you know, white South Africans as people who keep feeling we are the victims when in fact you look at this history. Um, the government which has failed dismally and is doing so in terms of just um, non-delivery and uh, of course this terrible betrayal of state capture by the elites who basically have siphoned off money that should be used for development. So it's in this context, I think, that we need to really look at this incredible story and the sacrifices that were made for it are unbelievable. And they documented, yeah, the courageous people who thought out of the box under great danger. So there's a photograph in the book of Albie Sachs holding the constitutional guidelines that were adopted in March 88 in his right hand at the in-house seminar. And on the next page, a month later, where he's lying on the ground, the, the victim of a car bomb, where he lost that very arm and the sight of an eye, um, that he held the constitutional guidelines in. They came at a tremendous price and huge imagination initiative. Our Tumbo pulled it together and effectively by December 89 at the whole of organized humanity from the OAU to the non-aligned movement to Con uh, Commonwealth to the UN and said to FW de Klerk, you've got six months to change and otherwise um, there's going to be trouble for you lying ahead. On February 2nd, de Klerk's speech ticked off all the boxes in the ANC's Harari Declaration, which the UN adopted, but it, it, it failed in two aspects to mention uh, who actually was responsible for that change. The, um, and uh, one writer has just noted now, Rianne de Villiers and Jan Stad Emmett, 
The two most important people on 2 February 1990 were Oliver Tambo lying in his hospital bed in Stockholm because he'd collapsed with a stroke from the effort and Nelson Mandela sitting in prison watching the speech. Amazing. Well, I mean, a fascinating time in our history, and I think there's so much more to be uh, learned and uncovered. And also the document that has come out of that that actually governs our state as it stands today. Dear Comrade President Oliver Tambo and the Foundations of South Africa's Constitution, it's available as a hard copy book. It's by Andre Urdendahl, but it's also available on Amazon Kindle, Google Play, and uh, I suppose all kinds of other digital formats. So go have a look and uh, go check out Dear Comrade President. It's the bottom of the hour, and we're going to take a quick musical break, and we'll be right back after this. The Santon Times Hour continues. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM with Medusa and Paradise featuring Dermot Kennedy. Taking you into the second half of the Santon Times Hour. My name is Alexander Leibner and you know how we do this. Uh, if there's anything that sounded good during the show but you didn't manage to get all the details, be sure to visit the show notes on www.santontimes.co.za. And I see they're always very popular every week. So clearly you're logging on. You wanted to check out something we spoke about, maybe some more details. Well, all those details are broken down for you there on everything that we've discussed in every week's edition. And also, you can also check out the social media accounts at Santon Times. And feel free to get in touch, engage, send a tweet, you know, whatever you do on Instagram and TikTok, uh, whatever works for you. You can also use the hashtag Santon Times Hour. Well, as promised, I said I'm going to get into my travel notes. Uh, and a couple of weeks back, I went uh, down to Durban. Hadn't been there for quite some time. I thought, well, let me make a little bit of a stay of it. Uh, you know, time is tight, but uh, maybe there's a chance to maybe look at a few things ahead of uh, the December break. Checked out a, a very nice new hotel uh, that opened up uh, probably just a year ago. Uh, the Hilton Garden Inn in Umschlange Arch. And Umschlange Arch is a new development, which I hadn't seen yet, uh, which is quite nice. We've got a couple of restaurants, offices, sort of like a mixed-use development. Like if you're up in Joburg, you probably know Melrose Arch. Uh, so imagine that, but down overlooking the ocean, which I think is really fabulous. Anyway, there's a Hilton Garden Inn there, and uh, I think it's the first Hilton Garden Inn in South Africa. Uh, so I decided to hop in there and have a look, and a uh, really nice place. 14 stories, 203 rooms. They've got an on-site restaurant, which is lovely, and they've got an outdoor heated swimming pool, fitness center, and of course, a couple of meeting rooms. One thing that stood out immediately with this place was that they have exceptional labeling. Like, have you ever gone to a venue or a hotel and you walk around aimlessly because you can't find the parking or you parked somewhere and then you have to try and get to a reception and you just get into the elevator and you have to press buttons and hope you get to where you need to go? At the Hilton Garden in, in Umschlange Arch, Everything's labeled. I don't think I got lost once. You you can get into the elevator, see immediately what button to press to get to where. Even in the hotel, everything's brilliantly labeled. And I just thought, well, that's that's worth a shout out uh, for being that organized. Otherwise, lovely contemporary hotel, great amenities, really nicely laid out, uh, really good breakfast. Uh, nice little business hotel, that. But I think if you, if you go on leisure... Uh, you can have a really nice stay there. And I think the rooms are also nicely put together. They've also got like a bit of a 24-hour shop uh, downstairs where you can pick up snacks, you know, charge it to your room or, or pay for it there. And uh, you don't really have to go far. I mean, especially if you're traveling on business, like I said, it's, it's not a bad spot to uh, set yourself up. And if you're going down on leisure, well, I mean, you know, you're right there. It's sort of sandwiched between, if you know where Gateway is, uh, in the one direction, and then the beach, which is in the other direction. So you're kind of really quite central 
um, in Umschlange. Then uh, got a chance to test drive the new Toyota Starlet, which is a really nice little car, let me tell you. Unbelievably fuel efficient, which was great. And so I took the Toyota Starlet up the uh, East Coast. Uh, to be more specific, about a four-hour drive up the coast past Sudwana Bay and Lake Sibaya, if, if you kind of know where that is. I think it's about an hour away from the Mozambican border at that point. Uh, to go have a look at a place called Tonga Beach Lodge. And this is just a, an unbelievable spot. It's in the Isimangalisu Wetland Park. And uh, how it works is you kind of drive for four hours, then you park your car at sort of a sister lodge, and they pick you up in a 4x4, four four, and then it's another hour and a bit through the sand dunes, through the jungles, through the hinterlands of you know this, this wetland park to get to the actual lodge. But what, what really makes it all worth it is that they've got this incredible 12-couple bungalow beach resort, but like a boutique beach resort right on the beach. I mean, it's the kind of stuff you would expect to see in Mauritius or in one of these places, but... It's right here in our own backyard, beachside, and it's just really fantastic. I mean, what a beautiful place. Great general manager, a uh, guy called Andre Kruger, who was looking after us. And uh, he's an experienced uh, game ranger. I mean, he's got some fantastic stories to tell. He's been around uh, the hospitality industry for, for many, many years, and he runs such a fantastic uh, show there. And uh, it's such a lovely spot, but why it's really fantastic right now, I mean, if you're thinking about going somewhere, they've got uh, the turtles coming. It's a, it's a very regulated kind of thing, so it's not sort of like a free-for-all, but they've got the leatherback turtle nesting season, which started beginning of November and runs till February next year. Uh, and they kind of organize these visits or these tours where you can uh, see the turtles uh, come out lay their eggs, and clearly if you kind of go January, February next year, you might actually see the little ones come out and then rush to the ocean. And Andre was telling me, I mean, these leatherback turtles, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to see them. We were there a little bit too early. They're like the size of desks. I mean, they are massive. I mean, it's like watching dinosaurs. It looks like the most remarkable experience to go through. So I'm, I'm going to have to head back down there uh, and time it a little bit better to go see these turtles. But if you're into that kind of wildlife experience, I mean, this is something you don't want to miss. I mean, this should be on your bucket list. And uh, you got a chance to uh, to experience that. A leatherback turtle. And quite a few of them. But let me tell you, the most fantastic stretch of beach. I mean, for kilometers, left, right, you can walk. There is nothing. It's only you and hundreds of ghost crabs. But it's just you and ghost crabs and nothing else. There's nobody else in that whole area. I mean, it's like you're like on uh, an episode of Survivor. The lodge itself, really well equipped. They've got a marine center. So if you're into snorkeling or diving or any of the water sports, they've got all of that there and they're well equipped. They've got a swimming pool. They've got a spa. They've got really lovely facilities that you can enjoy. But I think one of the highlights of this lodge as well are the rooms, which have just been renovated. So they are beautifully decorated and they've got a nice sort of sort of beach feel, you know, when I'm talking about sort of natural elements and, uh, you know, you kind of feel like you're living out on the beach, but it's still very luxurious. So they haven't, you know, they haven't killed off the comforts. The comforts are all there, but it still feels thematically correct uh, the way they've done it. It's sort of like a beach chic meets Africa's contemporary cool kind of vibe, if you know what I mean. You, The food is is probably one of the biggest highlights 
at this place. They've they've hired a lot of uh, staff and uh, support in the kitchen, all from the local communities. Uh, so not necessarily formally trained, or they haven't gone to some sort of Paris chef school. But the food that these people produce in that kitchen is unbelievable. And I told them, you know what, this is really, I mean, this competes with some of the best places I've eaten at. And what's so, I suppose, so remarkable is that this place is so far away from everything that, you know, food has to be flown in and driven in. And, you know, they've got a whole system worked out as to how do they get things there. But because, you know, you can't just pop down to the bakery or pop down somewhere to go buy something. A lot of these things are made on site. So you're getting fresh bread in the morning and in the afternoon and everything's beautifully prepared and a lot of fish. If you're into sort of seafood and fish, they've got some lovely fish that they also serve up and everything's tasty. Like they haven't just taken shortcuts and go, oh, you know what, let's just quickly grill the chicken or boil the fish or whatever people do. No, every element on the plate is just beautifully spiced, beautifully presented, lovely and that's just worth it. I mean, if nothing else, if, if none of the outdoor stuff interests you, if you just want to sleep and eat, you can do that <laughs> without any issues, especially at night, the sleeping. You know, when you hear the ocean roaring in the background. So that's something that was really special. So if you're looking to head down to Durban uh, or the East Coast this, this year for December or maybe even early next year, go check out Tonga Beach Lodge. And uh, they, as I say, Further up, you're going to have to be prepared to drive. It's actually not that bad. It's actually not a bad drive. And then also, go check out the Hilton Garden Inn in Umschlange. Also, a great state to check out if you're passing through or popping into Durban. From Greater Santon to the rest of the world, this is the Santon Times Hour. That's right. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM and also available on all good podcast platforms. So if you decide not to listen to this live streaming or on FM and you want to listen to this at a later stage anywhere in the world, well, you can go get it on all your favorite podcast platforms. We've been talking a lot of travel of late. I mean, we're building up to the big December holiday break, which a lot of people in South Africa are looking forward to. Well, it's not me. December and then quite a bit of January. And I feel like every year January gets more and more of a holiday as well. So we end up coming back somewhere in February and then the economy gets going again. But one thing we have been talking about quite a bit is this run on South Africa in terms of cruises. It doesn't seem to be stopping. We're seeing more and more cruise companies coming to South Africa, bringing more fantastic product to our shores. And I'm thrilled to be joined by Nick Wilkinson. He's the Regional Vice President for Middle East and Africa at Norwegian Cruise Lines. And Nick, you're also going to be bringing a ship to South Africa. Absolutely. You know, we're a company who's Norwegian by origin, but global by destination. So for the first time in our history, we're the home porting Norwegian Jade in Cape Town. And we're very, very excited, you know, to bring this great ship to your shores, offering 12-night itineraries. Oh, sounds fantastic. And I mean, just to maybe just put uh, Norwegian into context for a lot of people, because for those who haven't cruised, for those who haven't experienced the product, one ship might seem like the same. It feels like there's a lot of buffets, there's a lot of entertainment, a lot of drinking, dancing, sleeping, and then doing it all over again the next day. One thing that Norwegian did conquer is freestyle cruising or the concept of freestyle cruising where you don't have an enforced dress code where there's no fixed dining times where you can pretty much take it easy enjoy the entertainment and have family friendly activities and kind of cruise the way you feel like cruising on the day is that right you know ncl norwegian cruise line is about freedom and flexibility our competition is not the other cruise lines it's the land-based resort resorts like mauritius the seychelles 
Well, as you come out of your accommodation, your stateroom, you have choice. You may want a steak restaurant tonight. Tomorrow night, you want to go to a seafood restaurant. You may want a Broadway show. Or you may just want a small cocktail lounge. The whole idea from NCL is to create real choice, freedom, and flexibility to dine where you want, with who you want, when you want, to enjoy entertainment that suits you when you want. Or enjoy the facilities. You talk about the families. Enjoy the water parks, the swimming pools, fruits of the mini golf. There's so many different things on board for each segment of the market. Okay, I'm with you. I mean, you had me at restaurant and dining, but I mean, the rest sounds fantastic <laughs> as well. Now, tell me, I mean, Norwegian Jade is coming to Cape Town. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this particular vessel. What makes it unique? What makes it so interesting? Again, she competes with a land-based resort. She only carries 2,300 guests. And she's the actual itinerary, the ship is the bonus. The itinerary is where the guests are choosing. They really take the best of the South African coastline right through to Namibia. The ship has got a real intimate feel, a real style, again, that floating resort concept that we like to put across to our customers. Well, I mean, it's certainly a, a different flavor that's coming into the South African market. I think it's been quite some time since we've had any sort of international uh, brand come into South Africa. And it seems like it's becoming quite a thing. South Africa seems to be the destination for a lot of international cruisers to come and to see our country and also other countries surrounding uh, South Africa. Now, you also launched the Norwegian Prima in August of this year. Uh, which is also, uh, once again, another sort of landmark ship. I know I've also got the Norwegian Viva that is coming online 2023. How are these a first in many, in many respects? You know, it's taking the brand to the next level. I hear more and more about people building bigger and bigger ships. She is the size of a ship like a Norwegian Encore Breakaway, which carry over 4,500 guests. We're only going to take 3,099 guests on Norwegian Prima and the Viva, creating more open space. One of the biggest feedback we have from the guests is they want hotel-style bathrooms, and we've created that on board. I have to talk about the three-story racetrack. It's not aimed at the younger children. It's aimed at all children from 1 to 99 who love to go out on the racetrack. They want to go enjoy the laser tag. They want to take a slide from deck 18 to deck 10. Again, it's creating that floating resort where we guarantee to change the scenery every day. Well, it sounds a bit like a theme park on the ocean. So there's something there who want to be the adrenaline seekers. And there's something there who want to be the quiet, relaxed areas. I love the vibe club where you can just sit down, relax. The actual waiters and waiters spray you down the water bring the cocktails to you. So it's about having that full resort feel. So if you're an adrenaline seeker, something there for you. If you're like me, you're on vacation, want to do nothing, perfect for you. And over 22 restaurants to choose from. Gosh, 22 restaurants. I think then you at least have to have an 11-night cruise so you can do lunch and dinner at at each of the restaurants, or you have to stay for 22 nights and make sure that you get a different dinner every single night. I suppose I'll leave that up to people to work out how they want to do that. Or come back again, do a Northern <laughs> Europe on one cruise and come back again and do the Viva on the Mediterranean cruise. It gives them the great thing. They can keep going back, still knowing there's more to explore on the ship. Nick, I can see why you do what you do. Now, tell me, for people who've never been on a cruise before, what makes cruising 
different because a lot of people think, well, it's just going on a holiday. I mean, I can go to a resort if it's on a boat or if it's not on a boat, doesn't make a difference. What is the big selling point around cruises? The great thing is we change the scenery every day. So if I pick on the Prima that you mentioned there, cruising out of Southampton, London, taking in the Norwegian fields, going into the Norwegian National Park, Gvangerbergen, and then going right around the north of Iceland and finishing at Reykjavik. So the great thing of cruise is not only having this great resort feel, but it's all the incredible ports you can enjoy every day. So the guarantee we give you is we'll change the scenery every day for you. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. And I suppose I also spare myself a whole bunch of uh, airport lounge queues and uh, what is it, uh, five or six different flights from one destination to another. So, I mean, that's already yeah. great. You unpack once and you basically just sit back and wait for the scenery to come to you. Totally. You nailed it there. You unpack once, you open into your balcony cabin, and every morning as you open the curtains, you've got a new port destination arriving there for you to explore. Well, Norwegian Jade, I'm assuming, is probably the first step for Norwegian in terms of more exposure into South Africa. Am I uh, right in assuming that there's probably a few more things that you're going to be looking at for South Africa with Norwegian in, in months and years to come? We're committed to the South African market. It's a very, very important market to us. And, you know, we have South Africans joining us from every corner of the globe, cruising in Antarctica to Alaska, Caribbean, Mediterranean, and, of course, now out of Cape Town. We're committed with departures out of Cape Town right through 23, 24, and beyond. And some great new announcements of itineraries we're going to be announcing out of Cape Town in the coming months. Well, Nick, I know you're going to be on this show to make those announcements and to tell us all about it because we want to hear about Absolutely. it first. Uh, Nick, we want to be the first to be sailing out of port. And that is Nick Wilkinson, who's the regional vice president for Middle East and Africa for Norwegian Cruise Lines, talking about that ship that is coming to Cape Town in December, but also available around the world. I mean, they've got some fantastic ships lined up into 2023, and it's worth having a look wherever the sun is, where you might want to board one of those cruises and uh, explore all the world has to offer after being locked up for two years. And it's time for a quick musical break, and we'll be right back after this. Connect with the Santon Times. Email editor at santontimes.co.za. You're listening to the Stanton Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM and also available on all good podcast platforms. And that was Max Oazo with What Is Love featuring Kamish. Taking us into the last few minutes of the Stanton Times Hour this week. And uh, interesting story that came across my desk and I thought, well, this could be uh, something that could make for a really great uh, conversation. The Johannesburg Queer Chorus, that's what they call the Johannesburg Queer Chorus, better known as JQC has been invited to perform at the Various Voices Festival 2023 in Bologna, Italy. Vincenzo, your hometown. And uh, they're raising funds to make this performance a reality. And to uh, take us through this and a whole lot more, I'm joined by the co-founder and music director of the JQC, Ruth Coggan. Ruth, it's good to have you on the Santon Times Hour. Tell us a little bit more about this choir. I've, uh, I've never heard of it. Well, Alec, we were formed in March 2020 which, as you may remember, was the first month of lockdown. So we had two rehearsals and then we had to go into hibernation, which was a great pity. But somehow we hung together and we got going with our rehearsals again once all the lockdowns had finished. And this year we've done incredibly well and, and successfully. We've had uh, two concerts. 
one in February and one in July, and we're about to come up with our third concert in December. And this is all a prelude to going off to Italy in the middle of June next year to compete in the Various Voices Festival. So this is a choir that uh, is open uh, to people of all genders and sexual orientations who are looking for a choral community. In particular, we welcome people who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, asexual, uh, queer, gender queer, as well as people who don't identify as any of those but wish to be a friend of this community. And by community, I mean the Greater Johannesburg's LGBTQIA plus community. We're not professional singers, um, but we do strive for excellence in our performance and musical communication. And as a result, we, we expect a high level of commitment from our members. Ruth, I suppose the only people you don't accept are people who can't sing. <laughs> I believe that everyone can sing. Right. Uh, maybe you've forgotten how to, or maybe you just have a little voice in your head going back to where you were, when you were a child that said, yeah, can't sing, but actually everyone can sing. Uh, we do ask people to go through an audition, and uh, we do try and accept people who can keep their pitch relatively well, but you absolutely do not have to read music. You know those funny little squiggles on a page? Yes. That's a different language. You do not need to read it to be in this choir. Okay, so there's hope All for everyone. Have, there's hope for everyone. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, Ruth. So let uh, we're going to put all these all this information up on the website as well. So if people can't keep track of which performances and which activations you've got going, don't stress too much. It'll be up on the SantonTimes.ca And uh, so you're doing this fundraising now for this concert in uh, Bologna, Italy. Thinking of getting to Europe is one thing. Getting there is another. So you've put together yes. sort of a, a variety of different ways that people can get involved if they'd like to support the choir in getting them there. You've got obviously donations if people want to do that. That's pretty straightforward. They can sponsor uh, you know people in the choir or the whole choir or parts of the choir. You've got a, a fundraising uh, event happening uh, which is on the 23rd of November, which is a karaoke yes. evening if people want to get involved, uh, which is 100 rand at the door. You've also got a concert coming up called Starry Sky on the 4th of December in Johannesburg. And we've got the details up on the website as well. And then you also open up to corporate performances, you know, sort of public performances, the Johannesburg Queer Chorus, looking to go to the Various Voices Festival 2023 in Bologna, Italy, and are looking for various support, however people can support. Ruth Coggan, co-founder and music director. I thank her for making the time to be on the Santon Times Hour and that's it for another Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM and is always available as a podcast on Apple, Google and Spotify. If you want to get in touch you can email editor at santontimes.co.za or connect on social media at Santon Times or visit the website www.santontimes.co.za and feel free to send uh, through your questions, your comments, your feedback, your input all of those are welcome. I'd like to thank all my guests who made time for this week and of course Vincenzo hometown hey I mean you must have had a bit of homesick there during that uh, during that interview but uh, listen thanks so much for all your hard work and uh, thank you to the Santon Times team as well as everyone at Mix 93.8 FM and I'd always like to thank you for listening and making the time and let's connect again next week. That's
that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Santon Times Hour. And if you enjoyed it, be sure to share it.